Amen. So good. What a wonderful time of worship and also a time of communion with the Lord. You know, good evening, everybody. Good to see everyone. Welcome to the month of December. Wow, can you guys believe it? It's already the month of December. It's the final month of 2023. So um, before I start, I thought I just want to properly introduce myself. My name is Pastor Miranda, or you can just call me Miranda or Mur if you like. Well, um, I'm one of the pastors here in this church, and I have the honor and the privilege of pastoring the campus community of SIBKL. Yeah, they're all seated in front here. So yeah, if you have any campus friends, you want to introduce it to me, to them, feel free to come forward. So today, as I can see, it looks a little bit slightly empty, maybe because a lot of people are actually on holiday. And I know a group of people who are actually away right now for a retreat. I believe the young adults, the leaders are actually away. So do pray for them because as they seek the Lord for the next season, uh, for 2024. So while they are away, I know campus students are here. I need you guys to help me preach, okay? Yeah? Yeah, I need some words of encouragement. And then even as I share the Word of God, and I pray that it will really just bless you today. So before I start, I just also want to say that, you know, in case you didn't know, uh, just a couple of hours ago in SMCC, we actually have 33 people that actually got water baptized. Woo! I know some of them are here. Are they here? <laughs> I don't know if they are. But you know, like, it is really such a joy because that is such a pivotal part of our faith. And it's such a joy to see people outwardly declaring their faith to the Lord publicly. Amen? Why don't you just give a big round of applause again for that? So good. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. So, um, even as I speak, I was thinking about baptism for a bit. When I think about baptism, I think about dying to self, right? Dying to self and then raising up into a new life again. So, as I think about the word death, it's been a little bit of a, kind of like a sobering word that I've been thinking about a lot because I'm not sure about you, but we have kind of come to the last month of the year. And in the last couple of weeks, I have actually observed several deaths. That it's, I've been showing up to funeral services more than I felt like I want to. And I don't know about you whether you feel the same way as well or you've encountered really similar experiences as me. And um, even as I was there, it got me thinking, you know, like, I've also seen like in social media where young people in their 20s or their 30s even dying prematurely. You know, cases of young people just dropping dead. Okay, very kind of like, why am I hearing all these things even on a Saturday afternoon, right? You know, I'm sure like you've heard the news about this famous Malaysian Chinese singer that just recently just uh, passed away out of um, brain, brain aneurysm, I believe. She was just on set and then she just collapsed in 30 minutes. You know, like, really very quickly. Like, just, she just complained of a headache, and then suddenly she just collapsed like that when she was on set. So, as I thought about this, it's like this woman is in her 30s, not too far off from my age. And it got me thinking in a sense where, hey, this could happen to me too. It's a sobering moment to think about life that you don't know when is your last breath. It's also sobering to think that, you know, Tomorrow, you don't even know whether you would see tomorrow or not. So the frequency of death made me become very introspective, that I start thinking about 2023 and even my life in general. And I asked myself, I couldn't help but ask myself this question, 
And I want you to ponder about that as well. Am I living my life to the fullest? I want you to think about that as you reflect. Today, I've been given the privilege and the honour to speak about probably one of the most featured Bible verses in funerals and people's epitaphs. You know, like, it is basically the verse, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 to 8. And I want all of us to actually read this together with me, shall we? Why don't we read it from the top before I pray? Come, let's pray. Uh, let's read, sorry. One, two, three. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, in view of His appearing and His kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience. Instructions. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them and great number of teachers to say what they, their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, keep your head in all situations and your hardship. Do the work of an evangelist Discharge all the duties of your ministry, for I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time of my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on the day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for His appearing. May the Lord bless the reading of His Word. Let's pray. Father God, I want to pray, Lord Father, and thank You for this evening, for this is a day that You have made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. As I share this Word, it may be a very familiar verse for many one of us, O oh God. But God, I pray that may our hearts be open, because Your Rima Word is always alive and always renewed. So Lord, I pray that may Your Word continue to be God-breathed, and every year, will be open. Every ear in this place will be open and every heart will be open as well to receive from you. In Jesus' most precious name and everybody say, Amen. Amen. So I've titled my sermon today, Live Full, Die Empty. Can we say it, say it together? Live Full, Die Empty. Yeah, that's my title right there. So just to give you guys a bit of a context on 2 Timothy 4, this was described as the final word written by Paul. It's, it's his final testimony to Timothy, which is his, um, his mentee. Because Paul was very well aware that this is going to be his very last time living. He's in the prison. He knew from the bottom of his heart that he's never going to get out. And it is a very highly likely chance that this is going to be his last letter to Timothy. So there is actually a form of urgency in his tone, in his tonality of his speech, and because he knew that his time was limited and he had to be quick because it is so important to pass this message on to Timothy. So the last word of a dying person is significant because it reflects the burden that is in their heart that they desire to leave behind long after, hopefully even after their death. How do you live full and die empty. So from the great Apostle Paul's perspective, I have three points 
in good old SIVKL style, we need three points, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. So the first point is acknowledge your departure. Everybody say departure. Departure. And the second point is devote to your faith. Everybody say devote. Devote to your faith. And the third one is focus on the destiny. All these. Pastor Chiu must be very proud of me. <laughs> okay. Praise the Lord. All right. So the first D, it says departure. Acknowledge your departure. So the truth of the matter is death is inevitable. All of us will face death one day. But I want to implore and urge all of us here that we will live with the death in mind. When you live with death in mind, you will live very, very differently. Because to be honest, nobody knows when death will start knocking at your door, right? No one gives you a schedule. No one puts it in your Google Calendar and say, hey, you're going to die in 20, I don't know, 60 or something at 2.30 p.m. on 27th of December. No one tells you that. But, you know, the truth of the matter is God had made an appointment for you to die. It's just that He has never told you when it is. But He implores you in His Word, in the words of Paul, to live wisely, don't waste it, and if you live wisely, live it with a cause. When you live with a cause, just think about it. When you go to a lawyer, you pay a fee, all you want to do is that to get down to business. You're not going to talk about the sun, the moon, the, the food that you ate. You're not going to waste time because it costs money. It costs something. And when you ask for that, the first thing you want to do is to get down to business, just like life as well. Do you know that your life is valuable and it costs? You know the word departure? In Greek, it says analysis. You know, the word analysis here can be described in four ways in the Bible. The first one, it can be used nautically, where the sailor actually uses, um, uses this word when they unmoor a ship, and then they would detach the ship from a, so that they could actually set sail and move out from a harbour so that people would stand in the pier to say goodbye to the ship. It would go away to the vessels of the horizon. So sailors use this word to describe the loosening of a ship. And I can't help but think of this as I think about Paul. What he's essentially saying here is that I am actually leaving the port of the earth very, very soon and I will be entering into the harbour of heaven. And then the second, the second word that we could describe the word departure even in the Bible is mili in military use as well. Because when soldiers actually use this word, what they essentially mean is that they would fold up their tent and move away to another place. So when a soldier folds up their tent and move away to another place, what it essentially means is that the tent is temporary. You know, in Scripture, it says here in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 1 to 2, you can see it on the side screen. For we know that if the earthly tent we live is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human man. So we are actually all temporary campers on earth. Anyone here likes camping? Me, okay? I like camping. And here we are being temporary campers on earth. Because I love camping. When I go camping, it makes me think about how, you know, adventurous I could be. You know, we could put up the tent, put things together. But I like it, to be honest, for just one day. <laughs> Maybe glamping not too bad, lah. But camping, 
I like it for just one day. Maybe I tend to choose holidays like that. If you, were, you guys were here in my last sermon, I went to Mulu and I got myself all sweaty and dirty and all that and I called itself, that actually a holiday, right? That's me. But the truth of the matter is, I only like it for a while. After a while, right? Anyone here, when you go holiday, right? You find it very hard to go toilet, one. Hey, nobody wants to admit that I'll be the first to put up my hands. You know, I find it really hard to go to the toilet because that's not my toilet. You know, I like my toilet a certain way, a certain kind of tissue paper I like to use. I like things to be permanent. And that's the reality of human beings, right? We want to have things that is permanent. But I can't help but notice also that in our life here on earth, if we call our body a temporary tent, I notice that we tend to decorate our tent a little too much. If I could use other terms, it would be like, we would put too much other stuff on it, like when we know that, hey, there is actually a permanent home in heaven for us, but here is only temporary, but we spend so much time fishing for possessions, finding popularities, gaining power, seeking praise, or even gaining, you know, the, the, the desires of people. And all these things, we put so much energy on our temporary tent. So much so that, you know, sometimes when people die in the funeral, I know this may sound a little bit um, much, but it's so true. Sometimes when we go into the funeral casket and then we look at the person that is lying inside there and we'll say, wow, they look really good. They always say these things, right? But I can't help but think like, okay, yeah, we do say that a lot. But when they say, wow, he or she looks really good, I wonder if they say, they would actually think, how about inside as well? Is it good too? I hope that as we ponder about this, we don't know when our departure is near. Let us live our lives meaningfully and live our lives with the eternal in mind not because we have a temporary tent here. And then the third one is political, right? The term used here is that, you know, they are prisoners and slaves from a bond. So what it means here is that, you know, when you depart, you are basically set free from a bondage. You are set free from pain. I can't help but think of some brothers and sisters who have suffered in pain, perhaps, when they are sick in their bodies. Maybe they had cancer. But when they graduate to heaven, to the next to the next permanent home that they are in. They are basically set free from the slaves of pain. They are set free from the slaves of their sinful nature as well. They have been washed and set free in their bodies. And the fourth one, agricultural. I really like this one because I'm reminded of that, that oxen there where the farmer is unburdened by the ox, where the, the yoke is actually taken off him. The loosening of it means is that the burden is taken of that person when one departs. What it means here is that the ministry burden for Paul at that point in time is about to be removed from his shoulder. So death was not his penalty. Death was actually his relief. You know, in Revelation 14 verse 13, it says, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labour for their deeds will follow them. What does a life poured out like, like a drink offering look like? You know, that was a scripture we read just now, right? A life that is lived with a sacrifice is a life lived in full. I believe that Paul lived a full life. 
You know, you want to talk about a person who really, really chased after the cause, who never, never turned away from the purposes of his life. That is the man. Despite all that he actually went through, despite all the pains that he had to go through, he is the person that I ever want to meet in heaven to talk about really his little escapade of sharing the gospel and the good news on the earth. That is one man who has lived life to the fullest. You know, I, I was thinking about this phrase here that I saw recently on social media by Craig Rochelle. It says, things worth having require a sacrifice worth giving. We give up things that we love for the things that we love more. I want to speak to the older people here. We'll let you define yourself whether you're old or not, okay? <laughs> older people here. You know, when you look at the new generation, are they worth your time? Do you want to see the new generation of people loving God? Is that worth having? Do you want to see your children and your grandchildren love God and serve God? Then do what is needed. Make time for them. Send them to church. Set an example for them. Then do what is needed. Live your life worthy of an example for them to follow. Live your life as a drink offering. Pour it all out so that they can see that following God is worth living for. Pass it on to the next generation. And for your time of departure is near. When I say that, it's because you are older, ma. That's just the reality, la, right? But I want to speak to younger people, campus students, and even those who are younger here, young adults, even youth if you're here. Do you truly want to know God? If, are you hungry to see your generation set free from the bondages of the world? Is that something that you feel that is worth having? If it is worth having, it is worth sacrificing for. You know, the race continues the same. Catch the baton from the older ones and don't assume that, you know, you have a longer runway as well. I just felt that I needed to say that because death waits for no man. You never know when death will come creeping at your door, even if you're young. Let me share a story of a person whose life is poured out like a drink offering. You know, recently, Singapore actually lost a missionary by the name of Joseph Chien. I don't know how many of you heard about this. Um, to be honest, I've never heard about him before until just about two weeks ago when he got into a tragic car accident in Turkey. And on the way back to the airport, back to Singapore, after doing a discipleship training program in Turkey, and he lost his life. What a tragic way to go. He died prematurely, just short of a few days before turning 57. And he was survived by a wife, two campus student-aged daughters, and Kim, which is his wife, actually flew to Turkey. And what she did was that she wanted to meet the taxi driver that was actually driving her husband. And actually, the police didn't want her to meet him because they were fearful, I think, worried that maybe she wants to scold him or do something bad to him because of the bitterness and the anger of losing her husband. But the truth of the matter is, you can see this on the screen right now, what she did was just out of this world, out of the ordinary. She told that taxi driver this, I told him, I hope that he would learn from his mistake and live his life well 
And that Isa, because Turkish, you know, most of them are of a different faith, and they read that in their, their own holy book, and they call Isa, uh, Jesus Isa. Isa loves him. I also spoke about how Job would also forgive him despite what happened. Wow. You know, when I saw that, you know, like, that particular moment really moved the people in the police station. It was all recorded, even in the news, that, you know, the sister actually said that some of the police officers in the, in the police station were so moved, and even the translator was moved to tears, that she said that, I cannot believe that you could actually have such a faith to say this to a man who has caused the death of your husband. Your faith is so real. And Kim actually says this, the wife says, she said that she's grateful for how Joe's death has sown seed of the gospel to the young driver, even to those people in the police station. She said that she's grateful that Joe's death has sown a seed of the gospel to the people. You know, because the salvation of the taxi driver and the people in Turkey is worth having to Kim, to her. Even if it means to sacrifice the life of her husband. That is the life fully poured out as a living sacrifice. Wow. I was just moved. I can't help it, but I actually decided to watch all three of his wake services because he was really a man that really lived a life to the full. You know, in the wake service, one of the preachers actually said this, the devil made a mistake for causing the death of Joseph Chen because now the whole world knows who Jesus is. The whole world knows what, you know, like um, YWAM is because he was the ex-national director of Youth with a Mission in Singapore. And he said, now the whole world knows that this is a man where he died and he made Jesus famous. Wow. That is a life lived to the full. Way to the dot of his life where he died empty, good to the very last drop. His legacy lives on and his daughter said this, Ashley, my dad's life is full and it is complete. Moses is dead. You know, she's quoting from the book of Joshua. It is time for the Joshuas to rise up, speaking to young people here. Will you rise up and take this call into the nation that my dad has pursued so intensely, says Ashley, which is a daughter who is only 18 years old. You know, his time may be up. That man has gone and graduated to heaven. But let this death be sobering to us to let us reflect upon our lives, young people or people here. You know, as I share this, this verse, right, I can't help but remind myself that actually funerals are actually for the living. You know, I feel like as if I'm preaching a funeral message, but, you know, I believe that the Lord is speaking to the living today. What are you going to do? Come on, everybody say this. Live full, die empty. You know, the second, the second point here, it says, in order for you to live full and die empty, you need to devote yourself to your faith. Be devoted to your faith. I've fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have kept the faith. Such a famous verse that you hear in tombstones. You know, everyone wants, has that. Almost everyone, for the for fact, and all the text here is used, written in past tense. What does that mean? Does Paul actually have any regrets? I believe not, because he summed up his whole life read in those words, 
where he has done everything he could, all in past tense. That his life is lived fully. Why is that? Because he has made a decision to follow Jesus all the days of his life, to preach the gospel despite having to be beaten up, despite having to be locked up. And why he actually had that conviction is because when he, he was at the road of Damascus, he met with Jesus, he met with God. And he met his master and his father and he answered two very important questions in his life and I believe he got it right. Who are you? Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. And the second question in his life is, what do you want me to do? I think these two very pivotal questions we need to ask ourselves as well. Who is your God? And what do you want to do in your, with your life? You know, this man spent 30 years in spiritual ministry in his career, answering all these questions and living this life out. That is his passion. It would be great to see that for our own lives as well, that we live our lives with no regrets at all. You know, one of the most depressing words to hear is actually the word almost. I almost did this. I almost did that. You know, like now it's already in December, right? You know, how is your gym plan? I almost fulfilled it, maybe. Uh, I almost finished my Bible reading plan, hopefully. You know, I almost did, I almost did. Almost sometimes may sound like a defeating word, not very encouraging, but I want to ask you this question. What is something in your life that you have almost done and you actually need to finish it this year? Now is a good time. You still got one more month, finish it. Bible reading plan, one of them, right? Okay, yeah. So I believe that as I read this passage once again, the original language, it says here that they emphasize on the object, the original language, and then after that, you know, it was the action. It actually says, the good fight I have fought, the race I have finished, the faith I have kept. I have fought the good fight. A very descriptive language. I really like this discovery that I found from the word good. The good fight means beautiful air. Eh? Affecting the mind agreeably, comforting, confirming. Good actually means that it is beautiful. Just a note that, you know, when I think about the word good, what does it look like to do good in a fight? It basically means 2 Timothy 4 verse 2. To do a good fight, you need to preach the word. You need to be prepared in season, out of season, to correct, rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instructions. It is a good fight. That means it's a noble fight. It is distinguished, it is worth it, and we should all do it because it's worth the cost. What does a good fight look like practically, okay? You know, sometimes I feel like some churches, or maybe not, not our church for sure, hopefully not, is that some believers, when they fight the good fight, meaning when you fight the good fight, meaning share the gospel, right? When you share the gospel, some of us, if we are not careful, we may say the wrong things, we shove the Bible to people's faces. If, it's like, if you don't believe Jesus, you will go to hell, you know, that kind of thing. I don't know if anybody still does that, but hopefully not us. Because how do we do it as a good fight? When we preach the gospel, we preach it beautifully, lovingly, with patience, with, with you know, affecting the mind agreeably, comforting and confirming and with careful instructions. I was asking the Lord what does careful instruction means? 
actually basically when you lead someone to Christ, you disciple them. You journey with them. Give them careful instructions. Don't just convert them and leave, the, leave them, you know, like to figure things out themselves. Careful instructions mean proper discipleship. I want to share this story that, um, you know, recently someone shared this with me and I thought it was <laughs> really cute actually. So there was this girl, she was actually a fresh grad and she sat on a plane alone in KLIA, right? And um, she was flying from Penang to KL and she was basically sitting next to this chair where it was actually um, empty. And what happened was that because it was empty, suddenly, right, got this random guy, decided to come forward, come to the front and sit next to her. And then she was like, yeah, why got this random uncle come and sit with me one? You know, that kind of thing. And what happened was that this, this guy asked her this, hey girl, uh, I don't know how, how she actually asked her, but along the lines of, how come you're sitting here alone one? Like, why are you here? And, and what happened was that she was explaining to him and said that, oh, I'm actually on the way to, um, I'm on the way down to KL because I am going down for some interviews. So he got really very interested. So he was asking, oh, what field are you actually interviewing for? And he said, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually from, I'm in HR. So um, also he was, he got really excited. He was like, oh, HR? I'm actually a headhunter. Wow, okay, perfect. So what he did was that he actually spent time doing role play with her on the plane, teaching her how to do some, uh, how to conduct a good interview and how to speak well in an interview. So at the time, that girl was like, yeah, why this guy so nice one? Like, like is he going to ask me for money or something uh, eventually, you know, that kind of thing. And then she said this, you know, he said this to, to her. Actually, uh, girl, if you, if you actually, you know, as a fresh grad, it's actually very important for you to learn good communication skills. So I have a place that I can recommend you to go to where you can just come for free, sit down and listen to some people talk and learn from the people on stage how to conduct a good presentation. Because in, in, uh, you know, in, in university and in workplace, are uh, very different one. So you need to learn from people. So she was like, oh, okay, is it that talk? Then he was like, oh, no, no, no. There's this place, it's called SIBKL. So, it's called SIBKL. No, it's actually my church. So, I'm not asking you to come and be convert or whatever, but you just come here and sit down and observe and learn from the people on stage. <laughs> okay, not me lah. Okay, hopefully it's no pressure, right? So, it's like, come and learn from the people on stage how they conduct themselves, how they share their message, and then you just take down notes and I'm sure you can learn a lot of things from there. Wow. And also, right, if you want to learn how to talk to strangers, all that, right? You can observe the ushers. Hi, ushers, right? <laughs> awesome ushers in the house. How they actually talk to people and you will learn a lot of good leadership skills when you come here. I'm not forcing you to, but here's my card. And if you want to come, feel free to let me know if you ever come and visit, okay? So, so um, what happened to her was that she didn't really come immediately and when she came to KL, she started to find a job and she found a job and she also started meeting mutual friends who happened to be worshipping in SIBKL. Oh, SIBKL is so amazing, right? So these people told her, hey, does this place got free food? What, do you want to come or not? So, so when you come here, just have some good food. Lah. And then like, just come and listen to some good messages. It's all good one. So she actually started coming to 
SIBKL to church for three months. She started coming, not because of the food actually, not sure whether it's because of the message or so, but she came because of the people. The people made time for her. And then come June 2019, on Father's Day, when we still had fourth service at that time, 2.30 service, she came and it was on Father's Day, she sat in the, I think the second row or something like that, she gave her life to Jesus. She gave her life to God and um, that picture right there, just so you know, she is now my housemate. Yeah, you know, and um, just for the fun of it, just so you know, the person whom I'm referring to is Jimmy Yong, right there. <laughs> yeah, he's one of our floor managers and really amazing. What I noticed from this is that, you know, we, Jimmy sowed the seed. The three friends watered it. I get to repeat because you know why? I led her to the sinner's prayer that day. On Father's Day, I remembered I prayed for her and little did I know that God could orchestrate it that way that now we are housemates. And we've been living together for almost five years and, you know, I've seen her grow so much in her faith that I see her really just sharing her faith to other people and I'm just so proud of her, of who she has become even today. So, what a good fight, right? Jimmy fought very well, right? He fought very well in a sense where he was not pushy he was patient. You know, the other word for patient is long-suffering. You know, for some of us, maybe you have been trying to evangelize or share the good news to someone. It's very suffering, oh. Oh, you're so susah, you know. But that is the word of God that we need to continue to be persevere, to, to persevere, to continue to be patient because it is a fight worth fighting for. It's a beautiful fight. The beautiful fight is that we fought for a soul and now my housemate is saved. It's worth it. She didn't like accept Christ overnight, but it was over weeks and months. Is there someone in your life that you are still fighting for? You have salvation. Never ever give up because you're still on the race. Amen? I'm going to just jump to the, the, the third one on we kept the faith because of time, okay? Kept actually means guarded. The word means steward. I have kept the faith because the faith is precious. The faith is immovable. And there is only one truth. Because, you know, in Scripture it says here, for a time has come that people will not put up for sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. You know, truth can be relative to some people. But actually, in our belief as Christians, there is only one absolute truth. Nowadays, Sometimes people may think like, hey, your truth is your truth law. My truth is my truth law, right? But Paul didn't just preach it. He guarded the truth. That he guarded the faith. He guarded the truth. He defended the faith. And he put up a good fight for the faith. What we're essentially saying here even in Scripture is that when people twist Bible inspirations, the source of truth, we need to fight for what is right. We need to preach what is true. And I'm actually, you know, like when a man rejects God's truth, it isn't because that he believes in nothing. It's because he believes in everything. Or anything for that matter. We need to stand unapologetically in truth. That is why in SIBKL, this pulpit is guarded so jealously. And sometimes I feel so inadequate 
being chosen or given that opportunity to stand here to preach the word. And I want to always stand here in fear and trembling to make sure that I share the truth. I need to be a guardian of a truth. I'm not here to just tell jokes and entertain some itchy ears. But if it's to say something, to minister, to even shaken, to even make someone uncomfortable, I have to do it. You know, someone has said this to me a month ago, like um, I preached just slightly over a month ago and someone told me that they, they really enjoyed my sermon, something like that. Lah. Okay, I don't, I'm not saying this to boast, but of course I was very thankful and one thing I learned from a very wise woman who once told me, you know compliments are like chewing gum, that you put it inside your mouth, you chew it, then better faster spit it out. Don't swallow it because it's bad for your health or rather it's bad for your pride lah, for me. So as I was pondering about that, I remember driving home once when I remembered people telling me, I enjoyed your sermon very much. The Holy Spirit actually prompted me and convicted me and said, what if I don't want them to enjoy your sermon? I want them to feel uncomfortable when they listen to your sermon. I want them to feel uncomfortable that they are convicted to do something about their lives, not, be, not their ears getting tickled and that's it. And I was like, God, you've you got to do your work. And I'm merely the messenger and I pray that I will never lose sight of that and I will, all the preachers even in SIBKL will keep doing the same. That we will unapologetically keep the faith, guard the faith and share the truth and nothing but the truth. You know, in Scripture, he also says that I, ch I charge you, you know, in 2 Timothy verse 4, it says that, you know, Jesus, uh, you know, like Paul actually told Timothy that you need to testify you need to bear witness. You need to herald the good news. You know the song, now we are Christmas season. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. You know, herald, you know, you hear the word herald, you hear it in news, see it in newspapers. What it means is that it is not a platform to, to speak to someone to change a person. You are basically telling someone that is true that has happened already. So what we are essentially saying here is that Jesus Christ is Lord. Do we all believe it here? Yes. Jesus is the newborn King. Do we all believe it here? Jesus is our Saviour. Do we all believe it here? If we believe that, we need to herald that news to people this month. Because Christmas is just around the corner. And have you spoken to someone yet to talk about this, herald this good news to someone? Because Paul is charging Timothy and me, as your sister in Christ, I'm charging you to testify, to bear witness. And I want to share with you this, okay? You know, live full, die empty. So when you live full, it's when you invest in someone else's lives. When you choose to live, to look out for other people. Because think about that. When you die, the opportunity is over. When you die, you know, you cannot do it anymore. Because in your deathbed, you cannot do anything anymore. While you are still living, breathing, now is the time for you to herald the news. You know, as a, as a church, because Christmas is around the corner, we put together some testimonies. I, I had the privilege of filming two very powerful testimonies and I can't wait to share this on Christmas Day with all of you. That someone has experienced a turn of a hope in their life and I believe that there are so many people out there that needs to hear this. We put together also a short presentation, a meaningful message together to preach the word. And I pray and believe that someone needs to hear this good news. 
And um, I'm, sh shortly after, I want to just show the video of our Christmas video. It may look like a very different kind of video this year, but I want to believe it's because like many people are pondering and perhaps thinking about certain questions in their lives. And as a typical Christmas goes, I pray that someone here in this room or outside of this room will be bold enough to share this good news outside to the people so that they will come and experience that Jesus is their saviour, Jesus is their hope, Jesus is their provider, and Jesus can bring transformation in their lives. And I'm going to just roll this video right now. I want you to watch it. It's basically about a video of two people experiencing the same situation, but in their minds, they're thinking about the same question. Come, let's roll the video. Is there more to life? What is the true meaning of life? What is the truth? His truth? My truth? Does it even matter? Same year, every year. Wealth, happiness, family, career. What are all these for? Is there hope? There is hope. Is there more to life? What is the true meaning of life? What is truth? His truth? My truth? Does it even matter? Same year every year? Wealth, happiness, family, career. What are all these for? Is there hope? There is hope. Amen. Round of applause. Come on, everybody say there is hope. There is hope in God's promises. You know, as you see from the screen here just now, there was actually a QR code. It actually leads to our social media page, which is our IG account. I want to highly encourage you to follow us. And the one thing you, that you could do to herald this news is to share it. Share it on your social media. Share it with your friends so that the word of this good news can go out so that they will come and experience the love of God in church. Amen? Amen. So could you do that for me? Come on, you can just poke your friend next to you and say, remember to share it. Remember to share it, okay? So there's a link right there. You can just look, look us up, SIBKL Church, and share that link. And I believe that many people will be so blessed as they come and set foot even into a house of God to experience God. Amen? Alright, everybody say, live full, die empty. Alright, third point. Okay, I'm almost done, okay? The last point already. So 2 Timothy verse 4, uh, chapter 4 verse 8. It says here, 
that henceforth, I like this version, ESV, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous, God, righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved His appearing. So Paul was at ease of his death because you know why? He knows his reward. He's at ease because he lives as a victor. He lives as someone who has lived a life that is fulfilled. He knows where his destiny lies. Not in this temporary tent, but his destiny is in for eternity's sake, where he's willing to live for de his destiny in eternity. And he's assured of his death because his death is assured where he will rise up in glory in heaven. So what does the ones who love his appearing means? What it means is that people who love his presence. You know, we're not here to look for people who just once transform lives. You know, sometimes we treat Christianity as we become Christians so that our lives can become better. But it's not about that. It's not about having a better life. It's about having a fulfilled life, having a relationship with God. That you love His appearing. You love being in His presence. And that is the place where God has ensured for us if you live a life worthy of His call that you will one day see Him in heaven every hour, every moment in the day because you love being with Him. You know, that is the essence of our Christian hope. It is the primary difference between us and the world. We have hope and that is why we are called to be messengers of truth throughout our lives. I'm going to end here with a short story. You know, in October 2012, I had a prompting in my heart that, can you show that later? Uh, I had a prompting in my heart that I was considering leaving my full-time job um, in one of the big fours. I'm basically a graduate accountant and I used to work in one of the big fours. And I had a prompting, I was in my 20s, probably late 20s if I remember correctly. And um, I wanted to do something meaningful with my life. And um, so I thought, okay, I want to do purposeful things and I want to leave my job. And just to cut the long story short, I was offered a job in church to be Pastor Lee Chu's PA. This was in October. Is it worthy? I don't know eh. You know? Like I was like, but I remember during that time when she was trying to persuade me or you know, actually she didn't, she didn't persuade me. She was very gentle, okay, and patient um, with me that um, I actually kept avoiding her. I remember during that time when she approached me, it was during the 40 days fast, and then she went on holiday. I think, Pastor Chu, I remember you all went to Paris. You all went on holiday, this was 2012, and um, she kept sending photos of the Eiffel Tower trying to keep in touch with me uh, <laughs> so that I would maybe still remember that I, have an ans I need to give her an answer whether I'll be open to be working in church to be her PA. I actually wrestled with that idea because I felt that working in church, if I could say it with my own words, not very glamorous. Lah. I don't know how to explain to people that I am a church worker. So I actually wrestled even the thought about the salary, the idea that I had to explain to people what I'm doing. And I feel like it's just not something that I could live with. So what I did was that I opted for something in between. I decided to go for an interview in an NGO. Actually, it's Jurassic Gemilang lah. So, I went to Gigi and um, I walked into the interview and I remembered the interviewer actually said this to me. 
you do know that I know that Pastor Lee should offer you a job, right? <laughs> because same, same leadership team actually, so they know. And, um, but I, I couldn't help but tell him that I'm still considering my options, ma, you know? And, um, but the truth of the matter is when I walked out of the interview, I was lost, I was confused, and I decided to seek the Lord about this and I suddenly had this prompting at that time, I still remember, that I decided to read Genesis 4. I was led to that passage and it was actually talking about Cain and Abel. You know, that famous story of Cain offering his crops to God, but he did not give his best. And then Abel gave his crops, uh, his, his flocks, and he gave his most fattened calf, he gave his very best. And of course, we know the story, if you're familiar, that God was pleased with Abel's offering, but he despised Cain's. And I actually asked the Lord this, why did you lead me to this passage? And there was this prompting in my heart that the, the Holy Spirit asked me, what kind of offering are you giving to God? Wow. And I actually broke down and cried because I knew that I was giving him a Cain offering. It's still an offering, right? But it was not wholehearted. And I remember this phrase came to my mind. Working in Gigi, that NGO, is someone else's able offering, not yours. Wow, I was just so struck. And I remember walking out of that interview and the first person I contacted was Pastor Lee Chiu's then PA, Kim. She was quite free lah because Pastor Chiu and Pastor Lee Chiu was on holiday ma. So, and we actually sat in the cafeteria and we talked for a long six hours where she shared with me the job description of the job and it felt like as if I was already accepting the job but I was still very, very uncertain. I still had that doubt in my heart and you know, I'm like, like a bit like the Gideon la. One more sign please God One more sign Thank you And lo and behold I got my sign In that same evening I actually received a text From a friend That a long time friend That I knew in Australia Passed away She passed away of cancer She passed away at the age of 32 She's a mother of a 4 year old child and we've been praying very hard for her, basically her healing because she was struggling with cancer. And I remember that we were, we actually shared a Facebook page and I think you can show it right now. And this was actually a text that was sent by her husband and said that this was October 2012, as you can see, that Yen has been putting up a really good fight, but she has left. And when I saw that, that hit me very hard because... I remembered that Yen was our very first church worker in my church in Australia who is not very big. It's a small church. It's like a mid-sized church, I would say. She holds a master's degree in finance. I really believe she could do anything else with her life. And she could earn so much more with that degree that she has. But she chose to give her best years to God that she became the first admin staff in that Australia church that I was worshipping in. And I felt that when I read that, I reflected on her life, I cried and I broke down and felt that, God, that is my sign. That I want to, I asked myself this question, you know, 
what, that time I think I was in my late 20s and I asked myself this question, will I regret it if I said no now? And what if I die at 32? Hey, 32, not very far away from my age at that time. Will I regret it? And I remembered my answer was yes. And without a shadow of doubt, I said yes. And um, I surprised Pastor Lichu when she came home. I remember I went to the house in Damansara Heights, sat in her, in her living room, and I broke the news to her in a very cheeky way that Pastor Lichu is a yes. And of course, the rest is history, and I'm here for the last 10 years. I just want to thank God for really journeying with me, even in moments like this, to choose to live my life to the fullest and choose to be filled so that I can pour my life to others. I don't know what I can offer, to be honest. But what I can offer is, I hope, is my faithfulness. Faithfulness. <laughs> Full, right? You know, the people like Joseph Chien, Lauren Cunningham, Reinhard Bonke, Tim Keller, all these people have graduated to glory in heaven. They have fought the good fight. They have finished the race. They have kept the faith. What about us? You know, in Scripture here, it says that, you know, in Philippians 2, verse 17, that I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And all I want for all of you is to share that joy. Lose your life so that you can gain eternal reward. Amen. To live is Christ. To die is gain. You know, Scripture here says in Hebrews, looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The word finisher here says, paid in full. The person that truly, truly lived his life to the fullest on earth is none other than Jesus Christ himself. The word teleo, it says paid in full. It is finished because he knows his mission in his life. He knows that he needs to be born in this earth. He needs to stay the course. He needs to fight a good fight. He needs to finish the race and he needs to keep the faith all the way to the cross because he has Mankind, you, 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 you to save. And He gave His all. He paid His life in full. This Christmas, we will be celebrating the birth of Jesus, the Saviour whose life is born and lived for a full purpose. Jesus is the ultimate example of one who has lived full and died empty. He poured out His life as a drink offering to all so that we can have life and life abundantly. People, church, friends, SIBKL, we need to herald this news. People need to hear that there is a Saviour, amen? The death of a life on earth reflects a new birth in Christ. Why don't we just bow our heads even as we pray right now? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Father God, I just really want to pray and thank you, Lord Father, for your word is alive, that your word is God-breathed, O oh God. That, Lord, I pray 
that for all that has been spoken today, O oh God, I pray that it will fall on good soil in Jesus' name. That I pray, Lord Father, that it will not fall on itching ears, but it will fall on hearts that will be moved. Hearts that will be moved to want to live lives worthy of your call. Hearts that will live lives, that would live lives to the fullest, filled with you, filled with your presence, filled with your purpose, filled with your call, because the call is costly. It has cost your son, Jesus Christ. And I pray that you will use us as your vessel to be a living sacrifice, a life poured out to people who needs to hear the good news because saving souls is not a lost cause. Saving souls are worth having. That's why this is a sacrifice worth giving. I want to pray for those of you, if you, any one of you here, you have not received Jesus even into your heart. And as you hear this message, I want to encourage you and implore you that, you know, the Lord is knocking at the door of your heart, that He wants to minister to you, He wants to receive you, and all you need to do is to receive Him. Give your life to Jesus today. I just felt that there is someone here in this room that you've been coming here for weeks maybe, or even months. And I've just sensed that the Lord is knocking even into your heart even right now that could this be today that you will live a life poured out for me as a drink offering. It is worth it. I also want to pray for people, I just felt like as I prepared this message, for people who recently experienced deaths in their lives, that someone, you just lost a, some, a loved one, I felt that the Lord wants to comfort you because He wants to comfort you to align you to a purpose of grace. I don't know what it is. Why did that person pass away? Why did that person, what, why did this happen? But I know that the Lord knows. And I felt like I just want to encourage you to come forward later and someone's going to pray for you. That the Lord has a purpose. The Lord has a reason for that. And the Lord wants to comfort you and speak life to that situation. I also want to pray for those who have gone astray that perhaps there, are, there was a picture of like a, like a jar that had a lot of holes. I felt like God gave me that, that image of a jar with a lot of holes. And I feel like it's constantly leaking. And because of that, like the Lord cannot fill you. And it feels like as if your life doesn't feel very full. But I feel like the Lord wants to heal that brokenness to make you whole once again so that your life can be filled you know, you might be going through brokenness right now, but I feel like the Lord wants to turn that situation around so that your life will become a testimony. And when you are patched up in all those holes, when your life is filled, your cup will overflow and you're going to share this testimony to speak life to those who need and herald this good news.